What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here, courtesy of Fantasy Alarm on the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Ronis? How you doing today? Um, I lived a- another day here. You uh, you are getting closer and closer to cashing your ticket uh, on the over for me. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I do have to wait a long time to cash out, but at least uh, it's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> At least it is still alive for the time being right now, for the time being. Better than I can say for uh, for anything that's going on in MLB closer land right now. Um, have you caught the latest news? Like this is this is probably as bad as I've seen it in a, in a very long time is. Um, yeah, dealing with the uh, with the with the clo- with chasing saves this year, because. Now what we're looking at here, I'm pulling up my uh, my trusty closer, uh, trusty closer grid that's going to need yet another round of uh, of, of adjustments here, uh, because not only is uh, Julian Merriweather hurt, but now Jordan Romano. Guess what? He's hurt too. Um, he's just one on the IL now. It's Rafael Dolis. Uh, he's the guy to, to take a look at in Seattle. Uh, they won both ends of a double header, right? And they end up with um with, with two saves. One goes to Keenan Middleton, the other to Kendall Graveman. All right, Rafael Montero. Nope, sorry, bro. It's uh it's not happening for you. Um well with that one, I'm not so sure that Montero has lost the job just yet. He pit it was double header. So game one, he pitched the sixth inning. Scott Service was asked about it. And basically said it was the order that was it was three, four, five. So I wouldn't be like, oh, Montero's not the guy. I mean, maybe he doesn't get every save chance. Graveman looked good. Uh, he was throwing hard and he had a pretty easy ninth, a strikeout, nine pitches, seven strikes. Montero also pitched a scoreless sixth, allowed one hit, 11 pitches, eight strikes. Uh, it's just he's blown three saves. Um, and then obviously they probably didn't want to use both guys again. And went to Middleton. So should you add Graveman if he hasn't been added? And I've seen him picked up over the last week. Because See, that's the thing now. If you're in a very competitive league with sharp owners, these guys who are like the backup closers are already on rosters, man. Because everyone is anticipating there are some teams that don't have any closers. So they have to take a shot with these guys. You know, that was my situation in town. You know, I had Pomerantz, Crichton, you know, just – anyone and then last week i spent on trevino it looks good so far Mm -hmm. um graveman is probably out there for a lot of people that are listening to this but in very sharp leagues he's probably gone because i think that's the problem that's the crazy part right now about closers and everyone does it right as soon as a closer blows safe i gotta get the next guy and there are going to be some situations where the teams are just not going to be that quick to pull the trigger um, I actually am kind of surprised that they've gone away from Montero. Again, I don't know if they've gone away from him, but I think he has a longer leash. They traded for this guy. I know he's blown three saves, but his ERA is three six eight. It you know it, the strikeouts are decent, so I don't know if they're going to be that quick. I mean, he's got eight strikeouts, three walks, and seven and a third innings allowed, three all runs, one home run. It's not like he's been a disaster, you know, just. A couple of times he's blown the save. So I don't know. If, like, I wouldn't be cutting him. 
I think you should add Graveman in case they say, you know what, Graveman looks great. We're going to leave Montero on the eight. Um, or it could be one of those situations where they say, we're going to use uh, Montero high leverage situation and we heart of the order coming up, we're going to go to him. Uh, but either way, it is dicey. You know, that was the one thing we talked about this when we went over our closer. You asked me about Montero and I actually had him like top 12, 13 early, but I saw in the spring he was struggling. I kind of moved him down a bit. I was like, well, I don't know if if he's certain anymore. Um, so, yeah, Graveman should be added, no doubt about it. And for Toronto, yeah, Dolis looks to be the guy uh, at this point. Um, he did get a few saves last year. He had five. His walk rate is a problem, man. He had a 14% walk rate last year. It's 13.9% for his career. And that's one of the things as a closer. You don't want to have a guy that's put guys on base. Uh, or allows home runs. He's been very good in the, not allowing home runs, but he tends to walk guys. And, you know, you walk that leadoff guy in the ninth in a one-run game, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> but, you know, right. pro- process of elimination right now, you know, he's he's got to be the guy that you add. So people are going to spend – I'm not blowing the budget for him, man, because Romano, Merriweather could be back, although I don't know. We'll see. Merriweather's an oblique. We obviously have a few days – to see how the weekend goes. I mean, Dolis could come in and blow some saves, and then maybe they go to David Phelps. Well, the, you know, David Phelps, who they use as an opener more often than that. But, well, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's bad all over. I mean, yeah, you and I, we did that whole closer episode. And, and already, I mean, you know, we've seen some unrest. You know, we've heard that Kenley Jansen, uh, not going to pitch, you know, might not pitch on consecutive days now. Um, needs the extra rest, you know. I mean, his he came out, he caught another save the other day. I think he got one on Sunday, and then he got one, I think, on Tuesday. Um, but his velocity was down. He was like throwing ninety uh, for the majority of it, and he, you know, I think his best pitch was like ninety four. So Corey Knebel is going to get involved uh, in that action over there. Uh, Greg Holland seems to be the guy, maybe, uh, you know, could could be Wade Davis there in Kansas City. Emmanuel Classe officially, you know, jumps over uh, Karinczak and, uh, and Whitgren. As I think the, so. Uh, as... I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Look, I hope it's Classe because I took him in the NFBC main event. Right. Uh, and so, so now I have him and... Do I have anyone else? Oh, Gregory Soto. And that's not a great situation. <laughs> dude, here, dude, Howard, tell me how fucking insulted you would be by this shit, okay? You know what I do. This guy's been in my league for years, okay? I picked up Brian Garcia recently and cut him on Sunday night. Guy in my league, we do waivers Sunday and Wednesday night. Guy picked up Garcia off waivers last night and offers me him in a trade today for Lourdes Gurriel. Like, how insulting is that, bro? <laughs> Brian Garcia, who sucks to begin with. I know he right. got a save the other day, but I just fucking cut him. <laughs> and I have, like, I, this is like a pristine situation. Like, to have my closers in that league are Jake McGee, Mark Melanson, and Hector Neris. So, all right. That's a nice trio right now. League, right, for now. I mean, it, 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 could change on, <laughs> it could change on Saturday. We could have the podcast on Monday night. Like, damn, remember when I had three closers? Yeah, I got none now. Hopefully not. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing to me. Number one, okay, the whole trade offer was insulting to begin with, especially you know what I do, and you see what I paid for Gurriel in the auction. You think I'm just going to give up like that? And then the other factor is another guy that doesn't look at your team. Like, I have three closers. 
How many teams right now, and this is a 14-team league, how many teams have three legit closers? McGee has been awesome. He was someone I wanted everywhere. I, I think I mentioned it. On, I don't know if I mentioned it on this, the Sirius XM. When Rudy Gamble in Tout Wars, he took Jake McGee ahead of me. And I was pissed. And I DM'd him. I'm like, damn, you stopped me on McGee. He must have been like, really? You're upset about McGee? You know? But I thought he was the guy. And he's been great so far. And, and that screwed me because after that was the drop-off. And I took Drew Pomerantz. And he didn't get the job. So McGee was someone I wanted in a lot of leagues. I got him in TGFBI. I got him in my aunt. So he was a guy I was high on. So I have him who, I mean, he's given us no reason to lose the job at this point. Neris, who you could say is kind of shaky, but Archie Bradley's on the injured list. Alvarado's a lefty and still is a little wild. And Melanson, who the Padres seem like they want him to be the guy, the way they've set it up. And you're going to offer me Brian Garcia, who's not good, who's not the closer for Lourdes Gurriel, and you think I'm going to accept it? Like, dude, that is just – like, you might as well just pee in my face. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. Like, I think it's so insulting, man. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Dude, I, I, it's, it's literally one of the most frustrating things – Around, I mean, it really is incredibly frustrating. I'm mean, listen. We deal with this shit all the time, um, you know. And 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 you get this kind of shit. Like, yeah. See, to me, that's like that's a total turnoff, especially for the fact that he obviously <clears throat> did not see that you were the one who released Brian Garcia. He wasn't like going to the waiver wire and being like, "Holy shit, nobody's had Brian Garcia." I mean, we've talked about him sharing the job in Detroit anyway, so. <clears throat> for him to not do that kind of homework and to make you that stupid offer, what was the the offer was Garcia and who for Guria? No one. Garcia straight up for Lord Straight up. See, yeah. you know, and and there you go. And like that's like a that's guy that, you just acquired off the waiver wire last night. Even if that, you didn't see, I dropped him. You just got him off the waiver wire, and I didn't bid on him, and I didn't win him. I don't even remember what the bid was, but it's just like, come on, man. Especially since you know what I do. What do you think? I'm gonna be like. Oh, shit, that's a fair offer. You know what? Thank you. I'm taking that. Like, I just, I don't understand it. Well, it pisses me off on a number of levels. It really does, especially if it's somebody who's been in the league for quite some time. Um, you know, again, that's always been a pet peeve of mine is that, you know, I'll sit there and, and, and you know, somebody will, like, keep offering me a trade before, you know, like, right before waivers, and they keep offering, and they keep offering – and, and I'm like, no, I'm not interested in this player at all. And then what do I see? They cut the guy like the next day, you know, the next day with waivers. So now I'm like, I'm like, really? So you're sitting there, you're like trying to pawn me off your dog shit there. Um, and, and you're going to cut him anyway. I get it. You're trying to get value for something that you're going to get rid of. But, you know, I find it insulting. And then when the when the when the offers come like that, like Garcia straight up for Guriel, I mean, that's just, you know. And when somebody tells me, oh, well, you know, the first offer is just the, you know, it's just the first step of the negotiation. No fucking way. Not, 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 not when you start throwing out bullshit trade offers like that. Like really what, what's the, uh, where, where I'm going to like suddenly turn around and say who on your team I want for Guriel. Like I, I, you're coming to me with the trade offer and you're going so freaking lowballing here. That it is insulting, and and then on top of it, then what? What do you expect? You you know, if I just re reject the trade, then you come over to me like a douche, like what? No counteroffer. It's first step of a negotiation. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm not. What'd you say to him? I didn't even respond. I, he's going to pull the offer because, in fact, he made me an offer the other day and I was thinking about it. He pulled it and then made another deal. This guy has made, I think, four trades since the start of the season. You know, dude, he, this is the trade he made. And uh, exactly. he made a he made a trade with a guy who who listens. I, I, I'm pretty sure he listens to this podcast pretty consistently. I know he listens to Sirius because he heard me reference uh, something the other night and he messaged me. Um, but he traded the guy who offered me Garcia traded Manny Machado for Freddie Peralta. What? Because he's got tons of offense and no pitching because that's the way he came out of the auction. I know what he does. So he came out. I think he spent big on glass now and then he's got a bunch of scrubs. Did he trade for Woodruff or kept him? I don't know. But he's got like glass now and Woodruff and then a bunch of scrubs like Dane Dunning and John Gray and Kopech and Minor Garcia. Oh, he got Graveman? Son of a bitch. Uh, Joe Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he went in heavy with like bats and and lots of young prospects and now he's just gonna i I know what he's doing he's just gonna trade until he upgrades pitching and he's just gonna trade all year and he does it all the time bro so i mean machado for freddie peralta though i would as much as i love freddie peralta and i wrote about him in the ronas bonus in fantasyalarm.com this week you can check it out if you missed it i love freddie peralta huge fan was all over him last year like him this year but there are still some concerns with him he's still walking too many guys his two starts have been against the cubs um, and how many innings is he going to throw this year? He was in pitching out of the bullpen last year. So, look, and I think that's one thing. You're going to hear that with a lot of pitchers. Oh, well, how many innings? Carlos Rodon, right? Oh, is he going to stay healthy? And don't worry about it, man. Unless you capitalize, like, if you have Freddie Peralta to get Manny Machado, yeah, do that, you know? But I'm not really worried about it. I'm just going to take it week by week with these pitchers. I've said it, you know, I came on the Fantasy Lawn Show last week with you and Jim because I wrote about Rodon and said – Hey, look, this might not last, but it was a great investment. And yeah, he's had a lot of injuries throughout his career. I don't know. Is he going to, would I pencil him in for 25 starts? No. But if he gives me 12 to 15, I'll take it. And then I'll move on to the next guy. I think that's how you have to look at it this year. Um, I agree with you. I do think that that's how you have to look at it this year. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was really funny because I was going to, we talked about that on the, uh, on the fantasy alarm show today. We had you on the show talking up uh, Carlos Rodon, uh, which as we started talking about Freddie Peralta, I was about to be like, well, Freddie Peralta, Adam, uh, if your track record is uh, is intact, he's due for the next no hitter uh, in baseball. So um, but yeah, listen, I, I agree with you. You know, it's um, there are very few there are very few guys out there and especially at this point, you know, you, you have to see, uh, you know, how the league makes adjustments to certain pitches. Once they get more, more video of a guy and they can, you know, look at certain things, they can look at pitch sequencing uh, and what's going on in game situations. Then I think, you know, that you're, you're going to start to see, you know, that separation of who you can trust and who you can't. But I mean, you're right. You're going to have to just kind of, you know, take it game by game for the time being right now. Um, and see who does do it and who doesn't, but you're right. If they, if they start limiting, start limiting innings and, and, and pitch counts for everybody, then, you know, yeah, you might have to just kind of do it like this and just almost, almost patchwork. Like, you know, like uh, trade, uh, start, start trading the, uh, the big guys. Would you trade Carlos Rodon right now? Yeah. If someone offered me something good, I would. I mean, again, I'm pretty high at him and, you know, spring opened my eyes to him. Uh, I wrote about it that I wasn't, 
back in January, February, when I was doing those drafts, the mm-hmm. draft chat, I wasn't in on him. Like, and I explained why. Like, he's had a ton of injuries, but you know, he was non-tendered by them. He was pretty upset by it. Then they brought him back, worked on his pitching mechanics, uh, and obviously he's throwing harder than ever now. And that was just amazing to watch last night, man. I just, you know, felt good for him, man. The guy's been through so much. Tommy John surgery, shoulder surgery last year. Team doesn't want him. Have to, he had to earn a, the spot in the rotation. He wasn't even given – like, that wasn't a lock. He had a great spring. So, yeah. that was a great moment for him, man. So, yeah, but I think, you know, you always want to – if someone's going to overpay for him, sure. And you could be wrong. You know, he could – maybe this is – not this level, but maybe he's – turn the quarter and, you know, he's going to have the best year of his career. But if someone's willing to overpay, again, I gave you a perfect example, Freddie Peralta, Manny Machado. Yeah, I'm making that deal, especially if I have decent pitchers. You know, I think that's the tough part is like when you pitching is so difficult to find. So if you've got like Rodon, who you got late, Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, you really don't want to give those guys up because you didn't invest much for them. Um, But at the same time, you have to look at the long picture and, if you're playing the odds, goes back to our discussion on yesterday's podcast, or was it the day before? Whatever it was with Byron Buxton, same thing, right? And Buxton's already dealing with a hammy. So sometimes you have to look at the big picture, and it's tough. I mean, if you you drafted Rodon in round 27, 28, 29, or if you got him after the waiver after the first week, you're like, well, you know, I didn't really pay much for him. Let me just hold on. But if someone is going to swoop in, you know, there's got to be teams right now in your league that have ERAs of six, seven, or eight. And, you know, those teams are probably feeling a little desperate and maybe they overpay. Uh, let me I'm trying to see my home league if there's any like real high ERAs. I haven't really looked at this stuff yet. Um, I mean, it's kind of funny that, you know, that, that you say that. Because, someone with yeah. a 601 ERA. Did they have Patrick Corbin tonight? Don't I don't know if you saw what Patrick <laughs> Corbin did tonight. My oh, goodness. dude, it's atrocious. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, the question is, though, oh, geez, it's 10 to four now. Holy yeah. Um, I saw it when it was six to four. So even even worse there for Corbin. Uh, yeah, Jim thinks he's hurt. Jim's like it's just a matter of uh, a day or two now where you hear that he's going back under the knife. Oh yeah, he said that yeah, before he, this start. He said that yeah before the start before the game actually started. Oh, and um, then you guys were on air when it started. Yeah, and then yeah we were on air when it happened, but like we were talking about it because I made a joke about you know revenge game narrative. Right. right. You know how we love to play the revenge well, game. Well, the Diamondbacks got their revenge. Did you think of that angle? Well, there you go. <laughs> that just Who that was happened the other with guy somebody too? else the other oh, day. yesterday, Musgrove. Musgrove, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Pirates were like, fuck you. Um, I'll jump back in to continue this conversation in, in a sec. I give a quick shout out here to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site. Y'all need to be playing on, and here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, 
one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. So, yeah, I mean, just to kind of put a bow on the whole Carlos Rodon situation there, you know, I think that, you know, it, it's kind of tough. Like people who listen to this podcast, people who listen to Sirius XM, you know, they they're not the ones that you got to target as far as uh, as far as overpaying, because as soon as you especially, you know, because it's you, Adam, and you've been. You've touted Rodon. If you like, you know, if you're trading him to somebody, you know, they're immediately going to be suspicious. What? What's up? Well, you don't believe in him, actually? Like that kind of a, a situation there. But, you know, we constantly warn people to not fall for the trap, to not take the bait. And so I think, you know, I mean, it, it, to me, I mean, especially for like you and me, it really narrows the field of who we can trade and who we can't trade. And, and I think that's a, that's a tougher thing in, in more competitive leagues that you deal with because, you know, everybody's skeptical of the hot start when they're trading for it, you know, and everybody's, everybody's like, you know, the, the next Barry fucking bonds, uh, you know, when they, when they start hitting home runs early on, uh, I'm sure, you know, Byron Buxton was going to, was going to fetch quite the, the hefty trade uh, bounty uh, before this injury. And I even said that, that, that when we had that discussion, I was like, what happens if he goes into a slump or what happens if he does get hurt? Like now all of a sudden, where's, where's Byron Buxton's trade value? Somebody still believes in him, but a lot of people are just going to, you know, immediately turn on that, you know, skeptical, uh, you know, put their skeptical hat on and, and not want to do it. Yeah, I mean, again, it all depends on who you're dealing with, and you should know the people in your league that have a tendency to overpay and overreact to the moment. Um, and again, I always say you got to take advantage of desperate teams. So the first thing I would do, say I do have Rodon, I'd go, okay, let me go look at a team who's off to an awful start at pitching and figure out why. And, you know, I look at my standings, I see a team with a 601 ERA and a 162 whip. So I'd immediately go to his team and go, okay, who does he have? Like, is it just a couple of really good guys that are not pitching well or you know what's going on and then i might go okay yeah he needs a pitcher obviously and then say all right what do i think's a fair deal and offer it and see what happens um but you could i also don't mind writing it out man because you know again you cannot expect rodon to make 25 starts but why can't he make 15 to 18 and be good in most of them i mean we saw the velocity was going up as the game went along uh, and he hit like 97, 98 and, you know, it looked really good and he pitched like that all spring. So sometimes if you get that discount, uh, it's not that bad to write it out. No, it's not. And, uh, and, you know, for the same token, also when I'm looking at those teams and I'm trying to figure out why their ERA is the way it is, it was funny as you were saying it. I was like, "Hmm, let me go look at my ERA in a couple of leagues because, you know, I've got I, I know I've got Lizardo and McCullers, you know, on on a few teams together. So of course my ERA right now looks like absolute shit. 
Um, and so, you know, if, you, if you're sitting there with a situation where you have Rodon and you turn around and trade him for somebody, I'll trade, I'll trade Rodon for a, uh, for a McCullers or a, uh, or a Lizardo, I think. Would you? Yeah. So I think that's what I'm targeting also. Like, I mean, it's, it's the guys who just are, are really disappointed. I mean, for the same token, you look at, at, you know, you look at batting averages right now across MLB. And I mean, it is. I mean, it's hysterical when you see the level of names uh, and where they're hitting right now. And I mean, you know, again, you know, nobody's selling these guys for for a discount. Well, I mean, maybe somebody sold Manny Machado for a discount. But, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, where, you know, it's like uh, Freddie Freeman. Um, you know, his batting average has been, you know, super low. Oh, where am I looking right now? I'm not even looking at the right split. Hubs, bro. You've seen the Cubs collect. Oh, the Cubs, dude. They're atrocious. They are absolutely atrocious right now. I mean, listen, I'll, I'll trade. I'll try and trade for a Baez or a, or a Chris Bryant. But is there really anybody? I mean, Rizzo, okay. Is there anybody else on that team, though, that you're really kind of eyeballing? No. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. Yeah, I'm still on the fence with him. I don't know I what like happened. Him. He had a great spring. He was hitting home run. He's always had good power. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that team is a mess, but there's a lot of teams and a lot of players that are just off to abysmal starts, man. You look at some of these averages, trust me, they're all on my labor team. That team is just a train wreck <laughs> right now. It's like, I just kind of want to cry looking at it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Charlie Blackman's hitting 154 right now. Uh, Ozzy Albies, 159. Trey Mancini, 159. Uh, fucking Andrew Vaughn, the, the rookie, uh, hitting 167 right now. Uh, Tatis, who's hurt, was hitting 167 going in. Lourdes Gurriel, 167. Rizzo, 171. Um, I mean, this is Marcelo Zuna, 178. Like, this is this is... This is as bad as I've seen in a while. Moncada, 186. This is really brutal, dude. This is like the craziest of cold starts. Yep. The aforementioned Gurriel, 167. Aaron Hicks, 179. Victor Robles, 194. Now they put him in the ninth spot in the order. Keston Hero, 114. Yeah. But, I mean, for the same token, you know, you look at a guy like McCullers or Lizardo and you think this is these are fixable issues here and these guys are going to go on and perform well. You look at some of these batting averages and you know, that, I mean, listen, just the hit tool on, on most of these guys, pretty much every guy that I just named has a good solid hit tool that you're not looking at, you know, you're looking at guys who are going to hit, you know, 270, 280, 290, maybe 300. Uh, for the course of a season. So, I mean, that's going to be a, a, a nice momentous boost for you uh, once they start on that upward trajectory there. But for right now, dude, yeah, it is uh, it is sapping every bit of strength I have to like, you know, not like it's so funny, man. Like I, I, I know that, you know, it's just early and, you know, shit will balance out, whatever. But I got to tell you, man, if you're like if you have one, maybe two fantasy teams. And you see shit starting out like this, like I can see why people panic. I can see why they do it. It's frustrating. It's upsetting. No, oh, dude, my labor team right now, it's so bad. I, I try not to look at it because I don't want to get depressed. Because um, like every other league, I'm doing well except this one. And it's really bad. Dude, it's got 32 and a half points. 
I've never been in this position before. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but like, it's look. So the team at first has six hundred three at bats. I have five sixteen. How am I supposed to? You know what I mean? That's like almost a hundred more at bats. Of course, I'm going to be behind in counting stats, right? Yeah. I mean, I got four wins, four wins, one save. I mean, I'm just like, but you know, at this point of the year, all you need. You can really move up the standings. Like I'm seeing here, someone moved up 13 points. Someone moved down 11. That's me. Um, that sucks. Um, but yeah, this is the time <laughs> of year where, you know, you, you need like a couple of days where you get six home runs one day, eight the next. Like just where all these guys who are ice cold just all of a sudden get it going. That's what you need. Or maybe this team just sucks. I don't know. I'll find out over the next, you know, I'm going to give it a few weeks. You know, but if they all start to suck, then I'm like, oh, maybe I overrated these players. Yeah, I'm in kind of a similar situation with uh, with Tout Wars right now. Like my my Tout Wars team, like, you know, I mean, obviously you look at where I am in the standings as far as, you know, counting stats, runs, home runs, RBI. And I'm down there, you know, at the at the bottom of the uh, of the group, not last. But, you know, I'm I'm, you know, getting three points here, three points there. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, your guys heating up properly, you know, it, the, the tough part really, um, is, is like whittling down like the ERA and the whip. Like when you start having to deal with whittling down the rate stats, um, that gets problematic because, you know, you got to figure out where, where can you sacrifice or where do you need to sacrifice, uh, in order to make that happen? Well, let me ask you a question here. Well, yeah. So I have one save one. One, one, one. I had uh, in the auction, I picked up Araldis Chapman and Trevor Rosenthal. Okay. So I lose Rosenthal um, and, and Lou Trevino and, and Jake Dykeman. Th these guys are already owned already because right. it's an AL only league. So, you know, no real hope for, for saves there. I've got a couple of, you know, relief pitchers who may kind of jump in on certain things like that. But I was offered... Hyunjin Ryu straight up for Araldis Chapman. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to sit here and, and punt saves. Like, yeah. why am I going to sit Because at least with that one closer, you should at least be potentially middle of the pack because yeah, there's got to be a few. Everybody teams that else have no is saves. struggling. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I have, I'm getting two points for one save, right? But guess what? I mean, the, the one, two, three, four, five, six teams in front of me. I'll have two saves. Yeah, I don't think so. Because now you're burying yourself and now you got another hole to fill. Yeah. So, I mean, why? Like that, uh, that, that was a trade that I didn't really understand, you know, why that would be offer. I'm like second. I, you, I don't you know, think it's a bad offer, though. I don't think it's a bad offer. It's just an offer I don't need. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but they could have been thinking like, well, maybe he will decide, you know what? I need a starting pitcher. I'm just going to punt saves and get a guy that can contribute in potential four categories. That that could have been their thinking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, you know, blast that he won for that offer because they don't know oh. what you're thinking. They might have been thinking like, well, maybe he's just going to give. Maybe he, if I send this trade offer, he might say, you know what, you know, maybe I should just give up on saves. It's not waste any fab money, or maybe I'll get some. You know what I mean? So I could see their thinking and trying it. Yeah. Well, not going to happen. Not gonna happen. Nuh-uh. Jeez, I mean, you th we think saves is bad in a mixed league? Imagine a mono league? Holy shit. Dude, saves is atrocious in, in this one here. I'll tell you where. 
I'll tell you what, what's going to happen for me here, and it's going to be nice to see where it is. I'm first in stolen bases right now with, you know, like a three stolen base lead on the two teams behind me. Um, and I've got a couple of guys who, you know, who haven't even swiped any bases um, at all, who I expect to get like, you know, 10 stolen bases, 12 stolen bases from them. Um, I mean, it's it's been all Loriano who's pushed me out to the front here. Um, which has been fantastic, but I'm going to end up having some speed to trade uh, a little later on. I think that's going to make it nice. Well, I'm moving. I'm moving in this league finally. God damn, damn. Where am I in labor? Ooh, moving up in moving up in labor too, baby. I'm not. Just dropping. <laughs> well, this one here. Oh, nice. Wow. Brutal. I was getting damaged by injuries on this one too. So be nice to be nice to see. So all right. Well, we covered some bullpens. We covered some trade talk. Um, I think that's gonna do it for us here today on the uh on the on the show. Unless you've got some uh, some words of wisdom you want to share with anybody uh going into the weekend here, since seeing as how we are not going to be uh they're not gonna hear us until after the weekend now. Nah, just Enjoy the weekend and make sure you pay attention to all the latest news. Check out the Wave of Wire article on FantasyLorm.com. Check out all the news because you really need to follow this every day. If you want to have success in fantasy baseball, you can't take a day off. You got to at least check the box scores. I mean, maybe there's a night that you're busy, whatever, but you got to check the box scores or at least the news nuggets the next day because there's just so much that changes every day. And again, I think people... Not made a mistake, but there were people who bid pretty highly on Corey Knebel on Sunday and probably didn't come back to check. And then Kenley Jansen came in that day and looked great. I know we spoke about him earlier, but they were acting like, oh, Knebel's got the job. And the bids were too high. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll regret this when this comes out next week. <laughs> but uh, I still think I still think it was the wrong move. Like, I had bids in, and then I saw Kenley come in, pump at 94. I'm like, all right, uh, got to lower it. Go lower it. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You got to pay attention to the last second before you wave wire runs. Any last minute news. Um, you know, it backfired, but like the two weeks ago, was it? Chris Davinsky had a save on a Sunday. And then people started putting in bids and it looked good for a second. And then he blew a save and is out due to personal reasons. I haven't heard anything since. So that's another bullpen. I don't even know who the fuck is closing there, man. It, it's, <laughs> and I guess Sori is like starting to rehab. It'll, it'll probably be his job. Like no one has stepped up in his absence. It'll probably be him again. No. Yeah. I have no idea. Maybe Matt Peacock will finally get his due, right? Ugh, I don't know. It could be me. It could be you. I don't know. Ah, Adam Rona's closing in Arizona. Coming to a theater near you. That would be. That would be a disaster too. That would be a disaster. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. Wishing you nothing but the best. And Adam is right. Pay attention to everything. We've got it all for you right there at fantasyalarm.com. I, I, to me, it's it's a no-brainer here. And I, I'll just do my pitch right now, right? Like, here's my pitch. For the MLB Pro Package, all right, go to fantasyalarm.com slash MLB Pro. All right, use the promo code MLB50 half off right 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 there and it's everything for the season all right so it's not just the dfs content there but all the seasonal stuff that's behind that paywall baby 
Like you could sit there, you could do like fantasy alarms all in one. Like Adam said, read the news blurbs, read them. We've got them all there at fantasy alarm. It's the, you know, we have, we have a working partnership with NBC Roto world. Well, formerly Roto world, NBC edge. So all of their stuff, like all that news, that's right there on fantasy alarm, uh, you know, for that. But the articles that you're missing by not doing it, I mean, the Ronus bonus, um, Jen Piacenti is all about the curve. Uh, my buzz cuts. All right. These we tell it like it is. And, you know, so you're getting these articles in addition to bullpen report, prospect report, uh, category, you know, the, the, the interleague impact uh, that comes out, uh, two star pitchers, everything that you could possibly need to dominate in your league and everything that we do, we update uh, as much in real time as we possibly can. Just go look at the injury blog right there on the front cover of fantasyalarm.com. Like every single injury is is immediately put in there like when it goes down. So that's my pitch. Again, go to ml, uh, fantasyalarm.com slash MLB pro. Uh, use the promo code MLB 50. Get half off. Enjoy it. Love it. Uh, and let Ronus and I guide you to a championship. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Big thanks to all of you for liking and subscribing and tuning in to Anti Up. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender, and we'll catch you next time.